make sure that my Reddit account that I use for crypto is as anonymized? As anonymous? As anonymous? Alright, welcome to episode 3 of Crypto Kool-Aid here. We're discussing the community and culture of cryptocurrency. So... I think we'll start with just a, a brief discussion of, of what it is. Maybe we'll, we'll go into the values and the beliefs that really underpin the culture that exists within cryptocurrency. Maybe we'll discuss uh, what people think exists, uh, you know, sort of the layperson's perspective. And I guess, you know, how that may or may not be accurate, Tom. Mm, yeah, let's do all of those things. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. I think that if you are listening to this and you have a differing opinion on anything that we talk about because that's probably going to happen we have the perspective of insiders really and we've got the perspective of australians so if you've got a different opinion on how you see this entire culture let us know and also spoiler alert for the episode but it turns out cryptocurrency has been largely dominated by white males so you might have a deferring voice to ours. Throw it in the mix, please. All right, now, Tom, I would like us to start this episode with with a game, let's call it. Okay. Always um, happy to play games with you. Fantastic. So in this game, I am going to name some slang terms, and I'd like you to tell me if you know what the definition is and what the definition is. Sure. So these are terms that are bandied around in the community. Is this really a game? Do I win something? If All right, fine. It's not a game. Well, I'd, I'd like it to be a game. Maybe throw some prizes in there. What would you like? A six-pack. What, if you get all of them right? If I get all of them right. And if you get one wrong, then... Then I guess I'll buy a six-pack. Okay. So you're fairly confident then? Of getting a six-pack. Okay, yeah. Well, I guess we... everybody wins. Yeah. We live together, right? <laughs> the first slang word is hodl. Yeah, it's it means hold, as in you should hold on to your, your investments it came about through a misspelling of the word hold on a forum post back in 2014, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the poster was drunk and the price of Bitcoin was going down at the time. And he, he just said, no, I'm not selling. I'm going to hodl. Going to hodl. And other people have taken it as hold on for dear life as well. Yeah, that's a they bit of a background. Very generous. Mm. FUD. Fear, uncertainty and doubt. If, Sorry, go on. If... If you're ever on a cryptocurrency thread or forum or you hold any cryptocurrency, news that is likely to, to bring down the, the price is FUD. Okay. SATs. Short for Satoshis. Uh, each Bitcoin is made up of a billion SATs in the same way that every dollar is made up of 100 cents. And whale? A holder of a cryptocurrency that holds a, a large amount. All right. And this one is kind of the reason I decided that we should play this game. The pump and dump. <laughs> it's not necessarily a term from cryptocurrency, but it's well well applied to crypto. A pump and dump is usually organized through a, a group of people, or, although whales can do it themselves, where they push the price of an, an asset up. They buy a lot of it, which pushes the price up, mm -hmm. and then they sell it as more and more people look at the price action and think, oh, this coin is going up in price. I should buy some because it's going up in price. And the initial holder who, who bought 
bought in to limit the supply, they then dump it onto the market and the, the price crashes. And conversely, a bag holder. A bag is your investment in a cryptocurrency. And a bag holder is someone who holds crypto regardless of what's happening. It's mostly applied when the markets have crashed or your cryptocurrency is a pump and dump and you're at the, the dump stage of it and you keep holding on to your investment even though it's probably a bad idea. Now this one, I'd like to know if there's another reason for it being the term that it is. Mooning. Mooning. Yeah, so that's when a, a currency is appreciating in price really rapidly and to a great extent. Essentially, it's it's the analogy is you've, you've boarded a rocket to the moon. And right. so mooning is when you're headed there. See, I saw that term, mooning, and initially it's like, yeah, going to the moon, like prices are increasing, sure. But also then I thought maybe, you know, you've got the far rise, then it's probably going to steady out. It can kind of look like, you know, the, sh- the start of the shape of a butt. And I thought maybe <laughs> that's what was going on. Can you confirm to me that that's not what it is? I, I can confirm yeah. that it has nothing to do with butts. Good. And I've got one more for you. Yeah. And I think this is probably, this might hopefully be the one that catches you up. Mm-hmm. When Lambo. Mm, uh, yeah, it's not tripping me up. Um, Bugger. Didn't in, do enough research. In the, in the early days of, of Bitcoin, or not the early days, but when Bitcoin first mooned, one of the one of the users bought a Lambo and that Lamborghini, and that quickly became a, a meme amongst the newfound millionaires that they would be able to buy Lambos. So now it's a, a broader term. Anyone who who has a cryptocurrency will ask when Lambo to mean when is this going to make me rich enough to yeah. buy a Lambo. Although I, I like the the 2020-2021 crop of, of crypto enthusiasts uh, taking that term back and they're translating Lambo to mean their personal Lambo as in their personal wealth goals. Mm-hmm. So someone's Lambo might be buying a house or paying off a personal loan. It might just be getting enough to buy a PC. Yeah. Everybody's got different goals. Yeah. See, I like that reclaiming the word Lambo, sure. <laughs> um, but I like that that sort of mentality. Uh, but the reason I you know, brought these terms up is I feel one of the reasons the crypto community has generally received some... It's, it's considered a community in itself that you don't really want to be a part of. And I think that, you know, there's a lack of maturity in a lot of in a lot of these terms that frustrates people. Uh, and you see you see that and you sort of, you know, don't really want to have anything to do with the community. And, you, you know, what you've just alluded to is kind of what we're sort of going to set out to do in this episode. People are starting to reclaim the space a little bit and it's not so divisive anymore. Would that be right? I Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that on the surface, crypto culture can seem very childish. And it really is the surface that is childish because as soon as you get into it, you just go, oh, damn, this is some complex math that's backing mm. all of this up. Take me back to the pictures of anime and the pseudonymous shit posters on Twitter. The way I see it, the people that were early adopters, there's a sense of radicalism in what Bitcoin and what later currencies represent. Yeah, it's subversive of the current monetary system. And then then you've got people like, so let me throw a couple of quotes your way. Warren Buffett, cryptos basically have no value. They're a gambling device. Mark Cuban, Bitcoin is more religion than a solution to any problem. So you've got these, you know, big wigs 
coming out and saying, you know, this is bullshit, this is nonsense. You know, as an early adopter, you're probably thinking, yeah, this is radical. These guys are mega rich and they have absolutely no idea what it is or they're trying to, you know, stamp it out. And a little bit of it is a fuck you to the system. It's funny that you mentioned Mark Cuban. He's come around to cryptocurrency, tweeted out just a couple of weeks ago that his son had had fun playing around with Ethereum over over the weekend. Oh yeah, just just, ha- just a weekend of fun for volatility. I don't know if you're a billionaire, you can probably afford the gas fees on Ethereum. Yeah. There is a lot that's subversive about being involved in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And I, I think that that has a lot to do with not just how billionaires look at it, but also how your friends and family look at it. I mean, mm. Warren Buffett saying that it's probably rat poison squared. That's neither here nor there. But when your friends and family are thinking, oh, no, are you involved in cryptocurrency yeah. uh, that that's probably where it has a great deal of impact yeah and before you get involved in cryptocurrency you really don't have a good defense for that you you don't if you talk to people in real life about it for the most part what you'll find is a very deep lack of knowledge and occasionally mm. you'll find yourself getting cornered by a guy who does know everything that there is to know about cryptocurrency and tries to convey that to you in about 20 minutes mm. that sounds just, like an intense conversation you're having like I just want to go back to this party, man. Please, please leave me alone. Which one are you in this? <laughs> because I've been at parties with you. Yeah, well, maybe. Crypto may- comes up regularly. Maybe on both sides of that. <laughs> We've sort of addressed the the superficial, I guess, idea of what a crypto investor looks like to some extent. Maybe we should think more broadly around the values, trying to reconcile the values behind crypto into what an investor can look like or does look like today. Yeah, I think that we'll need to return to this surface level stuff. But yeah. but everyone... everyone... I, I, I exist on the surface level. <laughs> I'll be coming back here, don't worry. I think everyone has a read on what the surface level uh, culture of the crypto sphere is. But we'll we'll come back to that once we've had a look at what the, the core beliefs of crypto enthusiasts are because they're it's hard to divine what a core belief is from a surface level idea especially Mm. from the outside but it is a little easier to understand why the surface level actions and symbols exist once you understand the core yeah so yeah let's take it that way well do you want to start us off you have a theory i think you wanted to espouse no do i i've got i mean i've got a few theories but are we talking about what culture is or or are we talking about the model that i've that i've looked at i was i was talking about the model but if you can sum up for me what culture is in a few sentences then i'm all ears i can sum it up in one sentence done in fact it's not even my summary it's elizabeth godfrey's from 2001 where she said that culture is the way we do things around here yeah i like it it's pretty straightforward yeah but there is more more to it than than just that we've both gone away and come back to this episode with the shines theory of organizational culture which is a little ironic for a decentralized community but it is organized and there is culture why don't you take me through what shines theory says shines I, I didn't go away and look at shines theory oh well i guess i guess i'm the one that's prepared for this <laughs> yeah why don't you take us through it all right so My rudimentary understanding of this model is that there are essentially three levels to 
organization or culture. On the surface, you've got artifacts, symbols, behaviors, practices, language, and art. What you are able to see and feel of a culture when you're wandering through it. You don't need to understand why they're doing any of these things. You just, it's the what of the culture. Mm -hmm. A level down from that, you have the values and cultural norms of the organization. That's the part of the why and the how of the the organization. And at the very center of it, you've got the core beliefs and assumptions. Yeah. And these core beliefs and assumptions are the the bedrock for that culture. That's what everything rests upon. Yeah. And the core beliefs and assumptions will be largely similar for everyone in that culture. Mm -hmm. They will be the least likely to, to mutate over time whereas the the symbols behaviors language that's going to change year to year that's going to change crypto to crypto that'll change between twitter and reddit but the core beliefs will stay stable they will stay more stable okay they they change in almost predictable ways you know the bitcoin maximalists who thought that bitcoin was going to be the cryptocurrency that would would change the world I might get some hate for this, but there's not a great deal of difference between Bitcoin maximalists and Ethereum maximalists. Both have reasons for believing that their their crypto will be the be-all and the Mm end-all. And to be completely honest, I I would agree with the Ethereum maximalists much more than I would with the Bitcoin maximalists. But they're still looking at things going, this is the one coin to rule them all. So even though their their beliefs are different, the core reason for those beliefs are the same. Mm-hmm. So let's discuss the core beliefs that underpin everything. Yeah. When I when I consider this, and this is based off almost no research, just my immersion in this, this culture, mm-hmm. I think that there are core beliefs that leftists would look at and fundamentally disagree with, with it. And then there are core beliefs where leftists can really get on board with Mm -hmm. what's being said. And in no particular order, some of these core beliefs are that Bitcoin or crypto will or is going to change the world, that crypto will make the world a fairer place, that crypto is inevitable. Fiat currencies, that's currencies like dollars and pounds Mm -hmm. and euros, Yeah, they're a scam. Uh, And they're a scam because of fractional reserve banking essentially airdrops to institutions the current financial systems are rigged i think that there's a sense that because cryptocurrencies are voluntary in terms of entering into cryptocurrencies or opting out of them that it's a a fairer system they believe that that open source is better than closed source that you should be able to see the rules of the game before you agree to to play it. Created transparency. Yeah. And there should be power to entrepreneurs and investors as to what they're going to start and how they're going to be funded and whether they'll be funded. Putting aside things like whether Bitcoin is going to change the world or not, that sort of belief is less, I guess, a value. Mm. Or there's less of a value underpinning it. But everything else seems like it can be reconciled by people on the left and on the right. Maybe your final point there would be less agreeable to a lot of people on the left, you know, more more of a communist mentality, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who really cares. But ultimately, I think there's a lot there for people on either side of the political spectrum. It's a real libertarian environment. Mm. Do what you want as long as it doesn't harm others is, is the fo- foundational belief 
for cryptocurrency or it's a foundational belief for cryptocurrency. Can you be a communist or a socialist and still be an investor? Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do so. Yeah, one thing we talk about, you know, the reason that it's going to change the world is because it's replacing this system that keeps the elites in power. Exactly. It's an interesting discussion point because it seems to be suitable to everyone or every one of us, us working class, lower class types. But it also is a way to make a great deal of money. Yeah, it's a revolutionary concept. If we if we take the concept of a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, that is the cryptocurrency version of a corporation. Yeah. And with a DAO, you have an organization that is mostly single purpose. It sets out to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And that thing can be written in code. And people work for that DAO. They do the things that the code can't for whatever reason they market it they do everything else the owners of the the tokens in that DAO, you could think of them like shares but they aren't shares but for the purpose of this conversation the owners of the the tokens they decide what the DAO does they decide where it spends its money how it operates the rules of the the game everyone has an equal say everyone has, there's transparency in in the voting structure and the the earning structure. It's a really interesting way to have effectively a corporation whereby shareholders are in charge all the time. Mm. Because I mean, you, you sort of talk about you know Silicon Valley sort of organizations where you know the, the the idea at the start is that everyone gets a say. You know, the CEO's office is an open, like open door policy, and uh, over time, as as it becomes more sophisticated, that becomes less and less the case. But with DAOs, it has to stay that way. And if it doesn't, they're completely open source. If a DAO was not fit for purpose anymore because of whatever reason, you could copy the source code. You could fix whatever you deemed to be the problem. You could launch it. If people agreed with you, they would buy your tokens and come on board with you. And if they didn't, they wouldn't buy in. So you work for a DAO, you're doing marketing for a DAO, and you're just getting paid in that to- in the tokens of that organization? Or dollars, or tokens, Whatever it happens to be. If you're paid in dollars, then surely that's less democratic. The payment is fundamentally coming from the tokens. Whether the DAO translates that into your local currency or your local uh, stablecoin and you get paid in that, whether you get paid in the DAO's tokens is up to the DAO. Okay. Sort of talking about core beliefs and, and assumptions, I believe, they're essentially libertarian values from my very limited political understanding. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty well every political belief or spectrum has libertarianism beneath its surface. You're allowed to do whatever you want until we decide you're not allowed to do X, Y, or Z, or we're forcing you to do A, B, or C. But other than those restrictions and obligations, the basic assumption is libertarianism. You think so? Yeah. Let, let's take a look at... I mean, but if you could take a step back and say it's anarchy. That, I think, is the basic... That's just a bit more raw. Yeah. And then everything is piled onto that. Yeah. I think that basic human nature is anarchic. I don't think that anarchy is the best (laughs) system for just continuing on, but (laughs) I think that fundamentally we are anarchic in nature. I'd like to think we weren't. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) What makes you think that we aren't? 
No, I didn't say I, I don't think we are. Oh, you'd like to think that we aren't? Yeah. Why would you like to think that? Well, to be anarchic basically is to act in the interests of the individual. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. You disagree? No, I'm, I'm just thinking about it while we, while we talk. But do you disagree? I mean, no, but I don't think that the interests of the individual are solely the interests of the individual interests in other people and things greater than yourself is a big part of the human condition and i I think that the way that we're socialized has a lot to do with how we perceive things if you put a child in we're going way beyond my pay grade here but if you put a child in in a culture or civilization where the rules were radically different from how they are here in australia Mm. you're gonna have a very different adult uh when they when they grow up if they didn't as opposed to growing up here i mean that's true nature versus nurture (laughs) but yeah so libertarianism is the bedrock you say cryptocurrency empowers the individual over pretty well everything else it empowers the individual to take part in a system that's fair it's not guaranteed to be fair these systems are not guaranteed to be fair but it's fair from the perspective that you know you are able to know what the rules are before you get in Mm -hmm. if you get involved in something that turns out to be a scam or something like that well the rules were there to be checked before you got involved in that tough Mm. you should have paid more attention (laughs) that is not how i make my personal investment choices if i don't understand it it's probably a good one that's how you know it's good math. Yeah, ignoring your financial advice. So the, the core belief, or the core beliefs of, of cryptocurrency really center around empowerment of the individual, fair systems, and it's wrapped up within libertarianism. What do you think people assume the core beliefs of cryptocurrency enthusiasts are? I think libertarianism would be a core belief, but it sort of depends on, on your knowledge of cryptocurrency Libertarianism seems like one of the fundamental core beliefs, values that you can find at a pretty superficial reading of this space. But not many people have even made that much of a superficial reading. Bitcoin is effectively a share to a lot of people that is just ridiculous in terms of price changes. Um, and they hear about it sort of once a year or once every six months and never go to the trouble of learning anything more about it because all they hear is volatility. So I think a lot of people don't really consider the community that much. But having said that, though, there's also the occasional, you know, we mentioned before or in a previous episode, the, the guy that bought pizza on Bitcoin and then you, the, the guy that bought a Lamborghini. Mm, using bitcoin two two pizzas for ten thousand bitcoin we've gone full circle now because now two bitcoin will buy ten thousand pizzas probably a few more you definitely get a bulk discount buying ten thousand pizzas like you'd hope so it's hard to it's hard to envisage what people would think of the core beliefs of bitcoiners or crypto enthusiasts you see it in the people who are new to cryptocurrency when they're on the forums in Mm. reddit especially reddit i I'm on crypto Twitter quite a lot and I don't, I filter it. So I don't see a lot of the trash people who have really bad opinions, but on Reddit, you sort of get whatever people think in, in the threads and the people who are new to, to cryptocurrency have a sort of, their beliefs are a little bit wrong. They're not completely wrong. They're just a little bit wrong. In what way? So they have accelerated expectations. They think yeah, that because they're gonna get rich quick, they're going to get rich quick. Yeah, and that's that is not the case, even for most people, mm-hmm. because most most people don't have 
large sums of money to invest. They don't invest during a bear market when the the prices are cheap. And so they what they're doing is putting in a hundred, two hundred, a thousand dollars a week, whatever it is, during a bull market. They're seeing the the price go up, but because they're dollar cost averaging in, it's just gonna take a long time to have a sizable position. If you wanna buy something using money that you've made in a week, that's certainly one thing. And during a bull market, yeah prices are probably going to go up until they don't. Mm. Um, It's just straightforward to understand that prices on average each week will increase during a bull market until one week. They don't. In which they don't. (laughs) So these people generally have unrealistic expectations about how quick they're going to make a quick make a buck. And they tend to be maximalists before they've really known anything. They they get involved in a particular cryptocurrency, whether Mm. that's Bitcoin or Ethereum or Chainlink or Cardano. And then they think this is the one coin that is going to solve all of my problems. And by the way, it's going to make the world a better place too. So I'm doing this for the right reasons. This just isn't about me anymore. I'm basically a philanthropist and... Yeah, how magnanimous of you. Mm. So these people, do they often stay maximalists? Hard to say. And do they come at it because, oh, you know, my friend Dave said that I should get into specifically ethereum and that's and i've got tunnel vision now blinkers on i'm not going to touch anything else they don't really say it as eloquently as that they'll come into a forum i don't think that was particularly eloquent they are very not eloquent Uh. they'll come into a forum and they'll say ada to the moon or whatever it is but it's just it's really poorly thought out Mm. with no substance and that's how you know that one they're new and two, you know, the, because they're only commenting in the Cardano forum that that's all that they're, they're holding. It's really surface level stuff. Yeah, I think it's an, an element of, of Dunning-Kruger, which, again, I'm going to talk about without having done any more research than I did in that, that Bitcoin episode. So I hope want, I'm right about it. Wouldn't want you to do too much research. We like the controversy if we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you've got a better definition for the, the Dunning-Kruger effect, please comment or write in to us. I think that people really engage more when they disagree with something than if oh, they... big they time. Dis- you love- if they agree, they're like, yeah, fair cool. enough. If someone's wrong, they're like, mm, you are wrong and my- I can't wait to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> my time to shine. <laughs> well, you know what? We've probably given people a lot of excuses to, to correct us. And I hope you do. If you if we're wrong about something, write into us because we're not going to research it otherwise. <laughs> what little research we do already <laughs> is largely wrong. It's shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's the Dunning Kruger effect uh, at at play because you start to get involved in this world. You get past the initial sort of barriers around understanding all time high, cold storage, FUD, Lambos. You you get the lingo a little bit, and then you get involved with whatever you think your favorite cryptocurrency is because you've watched some YouTube video on it. Mm. And you're like, yeah, this is this is cool, and then you want to be a part of that community, and you just start posting what you know, and what you know is parroting what other people are saying Mm. but you don't have the context to understand why they're saying it or any of the other things that go with it so you parrot out of context yeah you might have 
a trader who's showing an ascending triangle and we're getting to the pointy end of it and we're looking at a, a breakout and that trader is saying we're about to push the limits link ch chain link's going to hit $50 before the end of the week and then you've got someone who really just does not understand technical analysis at all mm. and and saying link to the moon right and that sort of zero effort content that just doesn't add anything to the community is really obvious. it amuses me that someone would go to the trouble of of posting that at all you do not hang out on crypto twitter enough that is <laughs> <laughs> or at all yeah the, there's a lot of people looking for clout in the right. crypto sphere people are realizing that this is an audience that is getting exponentially larger mm -hmm. as the price of bitcoin goes up and is getting much wealthier as again the price of bitcoin goes up so in terms of a new audience it's not a bad one to try and get over to and with the new audience the culture is changing the community is growing at this massive rate. You know, we mentioned before that it was a 90% male-dominated field previously, which sort of corresponded with, with you know, high rates of, of males in finance and um, ICT and, and tech. So those sort of numbers are going down. And it's just becoming regular <laughs> people who are, who are getting involved with this. Mm. You, you're right. There's this concept called the... September that never ended and it's in relation to the internet in the early 90s people who were getting onto the internet were largely college students in the US they'd get into college they'd get an internet connection they'd get involved in the community and that would typically happen in September so regular users of bulletin boards and forums they would look at September as the influx of all of these noobs who didn't understand the lingo who mm. didn't understand how how things worked or what the etiquette was. But over time, they would assimilate into this this culture. They'd learn how to how things worked and how you should phrase things and how you how you discuss and how you do things uh, in time for the next September. But one September did not end. I think it was September 94. Some research could have helped me out here, but you know. Doesn't matter. We're here now. Uh, 94 it is. 94. AOL released or made the internet accessible to anyone from home and that spread really rapidly. So this September 94 is termed the September that never ended because instead of usage dying down or new usage dying down after the influx, it was just an influx, mm. increasing internet users every month for the last 26 years. Yeah, it just proliferated. Crypto has a, a similar sort of thing where each four years, the release of Bitcoin halves, the mining of Bitcoin halves, unsurprisingly, it's, it's called the halvening. When that happens, there's a supply shock of Bitcoin mm -hmm. and the price spikes, usually six months, around six months after this, this event. This ominous event. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really know that it's ominous. <laughs> it sounds ominous. The halvening. halvening. I guess so. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying this one. So we're close to a year out from the last halvening, mm -hmm. which was May of 2020. Yep. And we're, we're seeing the appreciation in price. We've really been seeing that since October of last year. And it's following the same cycle as the previous halvening. It is. Ones. We're seeing increasing users. We're seeing price appreciation. We're, we're in a, a bull market. I wonder if there's going to be a point for 
Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies where there is a September that never ends. The halvening that never ends. The halvening that, well, that probably won't be what it's called. There will always be. Hopefully not. Halvenings every every four years. But I wonder whether there'll be just increasing users. I'm not so naive as to think that there's not a a bear market coming. There almost certainly is. Mm. There is almost certainly a crash coming. And then... It's, it's my strong belief that we're going to see a crypto winter. But I wonder whether it'll be as harsh as the winter of 2018. I wonder if prices will fall as low proportionally as they did at the end of 2018 when we saw the absolute capitulation of Ethereum and Bitcoin. You think it's more likely that we're going to sort of consolidate at a more stable base? I, I think that we're going to see a real fall mm. and it will... It will largely depend on how high the blow-off top is at the end of this cycle. Yeah. If we get to 200,000 US dollars per Bitcoin, if it gets there, the fall would likely be painful. But this rise that we've been seeing since December of last year in, in Bitcoin, mm. it is it is crazy fast. It is accelerating. Yeah, it's unsustainable. It does, does seem that way. But, you know, this ride is a lot of fun. That's what it's all about. <laughs> You don't really hang out much on crypto forums, do you? No, I don't hang out on forums much, full Mm. stop. So I probably have limited exposure. My my understanding is largely superficial and based on the the general consensus years ago that it was white male dominated juvenile behavior and attitudes and you know as we've just discussed that seems to be changing but that's still that's still the mindset that I would sort of put to it mm. kind of like a gaming community or fans of that Swedish YouTube gamer PewDiePie yeah there is a lot of 4chan in the iconography and the language mm. and the behaviors of crypt- the cryptosphere and that that I think makes it or writes it off for a lot of people yeah a lot of people will look at the pepe the frog and go that guy's a white nationalist who clearly believes in you know misogyny and 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 is generally a bad dude there have been criticisms for the community having a lack of inclusivity in the past and a lot of it probably stems from those 4chan investors yeah is there a lot of trolling I feel like this is a hard conversation for us to be having. We're two white dudes. There's not much diversity at the table. No. And my general experience has been that there that it's that it is an inclusive environment. Yeah. Do you think it's been affected by the fact that you are a white dude? Well, yeah, I mean every experience that you have is through the lens of a a white dude. But are you an anonymous user that goes by, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a pseudonym. I am anonymous. Certainly on, on Reddit, you wouldn't know from my post history or, or from my username that, that I'm a man or be able to tell where I'm from or, or anything like that. I make sure that my Reddit account that I use for crypto is as anonymized. Anonym, as anonymous. As anonymous. <laughs> as, Go back to basics. <laughs> as, as I can be. Uh, I, I would really prefer that people on Reddit do not know who I am or how much I have or anything like that. But why? where does that stem from, though? Because if we're discussing this community and you're saying, I don't trust this community, why is that? 
I don't trust every member of that community. That is for sure. There are bad people out there. So I guess it's in essence like saying, I'm not going to lock my door. Yeah. It'd be like saying, I'm not going to lock my door. I have X hundred thousand dollars in the kitchen. Uh, Let me leave the light on and have some arrows pointing to it for you. And then being like, well, the community is a good community, so I can do this and no one will take it from me. Mm, Okay. All right. Well, I retract the question then. The It is part of the culture of crypto to be anonymous, to have a frog or an anime character. Does that cause fears or concerns within the wider community? I think that people who aren't involved in the community look at this and go, this person who's taken a hentai figure to be their avatar is mm. telling me how to trade cryptocurrency. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make crypto feel any more real. Mm. But then you've got the other side of the coin, which is that you've got a literal multi-millionaire telling you how to make money and you're writing them off because they don't want their identity to be known. You don't judge them by who they are. You judge them by what they've done in the past, by what their posts have shown you, by the education that they've given you. You don't need to know someone's name or where they're from to think, yeah, okay, this person is good, they're giving me good information, or this person is just full of shit. You have to look past the surface to get to the the value. Is there a difference then on Twitter where I, I see, you know, you see people and they've just got like the Australian flag as their icon on Twitter and they'll post something and they'll get pretty relentlessly attacked for not being a real person. And a lot of that is, I don't know if this is the same on on Reddit, there's a lot of disinformation campaigns run by national governments elsewhere, probably here as well. And so you you just don't trust someone that doesn't have a picture. Is it the same? Is there any of that? No, because you can verify what someone's saying. Because you can look into their background and see what their previous posts have been, that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can have a look at what they're doing and what they're saying. Are they just shilling one particular cryptocurrency? Do they have anything of value that they're adding to Mm. it? When they're responding to people, are they genuine about it? You're really judging them by the content rather than who they are or who they purport to be because that that doesn't really matter. I mean, it does actually, it does in some cases because some people are well-known in the crypto community and in those cases you're still not judging them for who they are. You're still responding to what it is that they're saying, what the arguments are that they're they're making. That's not to say that there's not a lot of ad hominems going around, because there are. Yeah, I'd believe it, but, you know, that's that's in any debate, is it not? Can we discuss Elon Musk? Yeah, what would you like to discuss? Well, for instance, Tesla recently announced that they would buy 1.5 billion US dollars of Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. I believe. And that sent the price soaring 10 to 15% on the day. And, you know, he's been, he hasn't been afraid to tweet his feelings at at any given moment around cryptocurrency. uh, And he has a legion of followers that are borderline obsessive. And he sort of, he kind of fits the bill a little bit of being a little bit immature, it seems. White bro has, you know, been exceptionally wealthy and hardcore libertarian for his, well, as long as his adult life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is he harming the community's look? That's an interesting question to, to ask. 
because at the end of the day, I think Elon is giving cryptocurrency more exposure at a time where it already has more or increasing exposure due to yeah. what's happening within it. And I think that people will be able to, people will soon forget about Elon Musk and his involvement in cryptocurrency, or it doesn't really matter if they do forget about him or if he retains, stays in the picture, cryptocurrency will just keep getting bigger with or without. And if people are looking into it and seeing what it does and what it can do, okay, I don't really care if he comes out and says, buy, buy Dogecoin. With that said, addressing your question on the, on the premise of it, Elon Musk buying Bitcoin and tweeting out about Dogecoin is surprising. And it's especially surprising because he's not doing it in a, what I would consider to be a responsible way. So he's telling people to buy into Dogecoin, a coin that was deliberately made to be a joke that is incredibly difficult for it to appreciate in value because of the sheer number of Dogecoins that are released into existence every day by miners. I won't, I won't really make too much of a comment about the, the, uh, the holding of it being intensely centralized, but Elon doesn't seem to think that that's a good idea. Anyway, Elon came out and said buy Dogecoin and a lot of people did and a lot of people have been wrecked by it because it is essentially a pump and dump that the price increases in in value when there's a mania and then it, it decreases when people go oh this is a bit of a shit coin and he hasn't invested in Dogecoin mm. he knows that it's not a reasonable thing to do but he has invested in Bitcoin he, well Tesla invested in Bitcoin and I mean, the, the real elephant in the room there is about energy. Elon's thing is, is all about making or taking the, the reliance uh, on fossil fuels and reducing emissions around the world. And he's, he's bought into Bitcoin, which has an energy problem. Yeah, uses the, the same amount of energy as Portugal. But it's not to say that there aren't possible reasons that he's done so. And, and there, there might be things in the work with a, an organization called Energy Web 3, but he hasn't responded to any of the criticisms about that. And I think that that's what makes it an irresponsible purchase. Well, I mean, you couple that with the random Dogecoin announcement, and I mean, he's, he's never been afraid to make his announcements via Twitter. Yeah, he called that, that diver rescue guy a pedophile and didn't back down from it. Yeah, because he refused to use the Elon Musk little cave protector pod yeah. that he'd invented, which, you know, he'd seemed to have done a real half-assed job of. And these guys were like, please, you know, we're taking this seriously. We're trying to save these kids' lives. Yeah, I don't know. In fact, I don't believe that any public relations about cryptocurrency could kill it. I just don't think that's possible at yeah. this point. The, re the reason I asked the question, and like, like you said, you know, it's going to outlive his, not him necessarily, well, pr probably. It's going to outlive his, his being essential, yeah, his influence on it. But he's sort of perpetuating this stereotype of the culture, of the community, of the, of the users. Yeah, although, 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 I think that we are entering into an interesting phase. Have you ever seen... There's this gif that goes around and it's people sitting at on a, a hillside 
Mm -hmm. They seem to be at some sort of music festival and there's one guy with his shirt off who is dancing. Everyone else is just sitting in their groups, not doing doing much. This guy's having a good old time. He's having a good old time. But then a second guy comes up and starts to dance. Mm. Suddenly it becomes a bit cooler to get involved with that. Whereas before you would have just been a weird person dancing with some other weird person. Now there is two weird people dancing. And so... A girl stands up in her own group and starts to dance. And before you know it, everyone on the hillside is dancing and it would be weird to just be sitting down in this sea of people who mm. are, are dancing. I miss festivals. <laughs> I do too, man. I do too. But Bitcoin right. is a festival. <laughs> Bitcoin is a festival. <laughs> and we've seen institutions buying into it this year like yep. we haven't before. Michael Saylor with Michael MicroStrategy, we've seen Square, now we're seeing Tesla. There's going to come a point where these companies realize that... They're the only ones not dancing. They don't want to be left sitting. Mm. And that's going to be an interesting phenomena. And it's something that I think Elon Musk has, has gone, yeah, okay, I will be the second guy dancing on this, this hill. So from that perspective, I think he's... Tweets have been positive or will be positive in the end for, for Bitcoin. It is interesting that he hasn't addressed those criticisms. Does he ever address criticisms though? I don't know. I like I don't try to I don't pay that much attention to Elon, but he just he's one of those unavoidable characters in the mm. world where you have to know a bit about him because he's just much larger than life. Omnipresent. Yeah. But you you don't see the quiet stuff, so I'm sure if he does retract it, you know, I'm not finding it because it's just not as well published as if he does something that seems a little bit insane or Mm. that can be spun in a way that makes him seem a little bit insane yeah fair i think that the culture i think that the culture that we see in relation to cryptocurrencies is jarring i mean you've got the the symbols on twitter that that's the the frogs the anime the pseudonyms you see cash tags when you go a little bit deeper you see the the behavior and the behavior might be one of the first things that really does draw you in. Because if you come to one of these forums with a genuine question after you've done a little bit of research and you're just like, hey, this is what I've found out, but I don't understand this. The community is incredibly helpful. will mm. guide you to whatever resources there are that, that explain it and, and will provide actual help to you. And I, I think that that can draw a lot of a lot of people in but you have to get past the the symbols and there is still a lag in in what people believe as well so it is about looking a little bit more beneath the surface with everything i guess when it comes to cryptocurrencies yeah and going looking for it because actually i don't think that the the culture that comes out if you go looking for cryptocurrency culture you will find the helpful side of it. You will find the interesting and informative side of it and mm-hmm. you'll be able to find whatever it is that you're you're looking for. But there's a different culture that gets spewed out at you. And I th- this is the culture that I think people people see the most when they're, you know, talking to someone about crypto that they really just don't want to be talking about it. Or when they see a sign at the back of some political speech where some guys had a uh, a thing saying buy bitcoin i see it on a, a billboard this sounds like vegans 
or other <laughs> extremists. But there are extremists in every community. Yeah. And actually, uh, there are forums for cryptocurrency, you know, Reddit and, and Twitter. But if you go outside of your lane, if you see someone talking about cryptocurrency in a thread or a subreddit that isn't to do with cryptocurrency, those people get shut down very quickly. Are they being extreme in their views or is it just because people are not interested and not engaged? Not interested, not engaged. You've got your own space. Go back there. Right. Take Oz Finance, for example. If you're on there at all, you probably wouldn't know that cryptocurrency even exists. And when it is raised, it's downvoted to, to hell. You've raised it on Oz Finance. Oh, I just hang out there enough to know. <laughs> I'm not silly. I don't want to downvote. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, if there's something to take away from today's episode, I think it would be that you should scratch a little deeper than the superficial reading of the community. There has definitely been an image problem in the past That's that still exists, but it exists for, for every single community out there. There are extremists for literally everything. So don't be concerned by that. Do your own research, do your own reading, find your own community. You know which I would, I would find, I agree with all of that. Thank I- you. I think that the community that a community that has a surprising number of similarities to crypto is woodworking. Woodworking. Woodwork. I, yeah, I mean, there's not the there's not necessarily the the childish sort of outer layer, but when you get below the surface, what you're talking about is a highly technical, highly specialized hobby, one that is mostly men. But if you come in and you have a question about something they'll help you out you've got factions who believe that their way of doing things is is better than the other way hand tools versus power tools um, oh it's got to be hand tools come on now i'm just picturing nick offerman in parts and rec here going to a woodworking event <laughs> and if you yeah i I, th- I think that there are actually a, a lot of lot of similarities bet- between the two yeah I'll think on that one.